the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 14 Action Network podcast. Presented by FanDuel, I am your host, Chris Raybon, and on today's show, we are going to be breaking down our top five players at each skill position. We'll discuss the players we're high and low on. Uh, We'll throw out some player props, as usual. This is our player projections episode, and helping me break it all down, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, Sean Turner, a.k.a. the Oddsmaker. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Oh, man, I am doing great. Uh, Cash here on a couple of Rashid Shahid props last night, including uh, 40 to 1 odds to lead the entire game in receiving yards. Cash on that well. So I'm doing really good today. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. I actually had my first losing week in a while. So I was three and four this week. So uh, damn. Did rebound on prime time, though, but uh, got the under in that Bucks game. You survived that um, uh, Commanders Giants overtime, though. (laughs) Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, no, that's some, close, some pretty close calls. Um, but that, yeah, that was pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, after all of that, they still didn't get to the. I'm, I'm, I feel bad for people who have the over because I'm sure you know people, most more people love to bet over. So I'm, yeah, you know, got, we got this in the bag, and then that was crazy though. Yep. Um, yeah, I actually got my first like player prop where I I got lucky since like week six, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and it was Marcus Mariota. Uh, under 170 and a half passing yards he absolutely should have cleared it but he threw a pick um on his very last pass attempt like you know they were they were trailing they were going to throw a ton and he threw an interception on the first pass attempt finished with 167 so finally got lucky on a prop sounds like something mario would do (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) oh man all right uh let's jump right in to uh quarterback who who are your top five for week 14 so I got uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. Yep, got the exact same order. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen back on top. Uh, so who are you high on? Um, I'm high on Jared Goff uh, this week. He's my QB 12 um, at home. Like then. He's Q- consensus 11. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, what do I care? <laughs> yeah, there, there actually weren't that many guys that like yeah, I was yeah, super yeah, high yeah. on, but I am high on Jared Goff. I don't care about ECR. Uh, just love him this week. You know, he's coming off a solid 340 passing yard, two touchdown game against the Jaguars. And that was a blowout. So this this should be a very close game. You know, he's going to have his foot on the gas for all four quarters. Um, I believe it's the highest total of the week as well. Um, and this is actually the first time all season he actually has all four of his wide receivers healthy, um, including Jamison Williams. Um, now, I was a little disappointed Jamison didn't play much last week, but the Lions have been doing this with every receiver that comes back from an injury. They limit them, you know, severely in their first game. And then, you know, they're a full-time player next week. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Williams. But um, just having him as a vertical threat in this offense um, is huge for Goff. And plus, you know, DeAndre Swift uh, seems to be playing at 100% now. Uh, so that's just one more pass catcher at Goss disposal right now. So yeah, he opens the week as a low end QB one for me. Yeah. I like Goff as well, but you know, I just didn't cheat and, and pick a guy that was lower than consensus, but you know, uh, you, you know how consensus <laughs> is early in the week. Not, 
It's a good call. It's a good call. I think people have been sleeping on Goff uh, most of the year. Remember, we loved him going into the year. Yeah. Like, yo, take this dude. He's like free in best ball. He'll probably start all year. There's pretty much no one that's going to take his job. And uh, he has some good weapons. So Just imagine if Jamal Williams didn't have like 38 rushing touchdowns. There's right no now, I mean, Jamal Williams <laughs> right, but I'm just saying, golf ceiling is even higher. Um, if if he were to get you know some of those uh, you know, goal line scores to go his way, but either way, just this offense itself is so potent that you know, golf, like you said, he was underrated heading into the season. Uh, yeah, for me, um, it's a so I have a couple of guys that there's not too much deviation, honestly, yeah. between my rankings and consensus, but I'll just name a few. I have Kyler Murray, uh, QB seven, he's the QB nine in consensus, and that's just because you know, I always favor uh, you know, mobile quarterbacks when it's close. And I think this New England defense going against some of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, it just hasn't looked as good. I mean, they had those two, I think they would they play Zach Wilson twice, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, their numbers are a little bit kind of skewed. So, you know, even if New England plays well and the Cardinals are in a trailing game script, I think that still works out well for for Murray, uh, especially on the ground. You know, they play a lot of man coverage, so should be able to to run the ball uh, against them. Uh, I have Kirk Cousins a couple of spots higher as well, or one spot mm-hmm. higher. I got, I'm got i at QB9 with him. And uh, kind of same similar to what you're mentioning with Goff, I just think this game could turn into – a shootout and Minnesota is actually a, uh, an underdog, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not just like another one of these uh, positive game scripts necessarily. And last time they played Detroit, it actually was not at all. They got way behind and had to throw to catch up, but I uh, have cousins a little bit higher and it looks like he's going to stay there. Cause I, I do have a, like a point of separation between him uh, at QB nine and Geno Smith at mm. QB 10. So uh, like Cousins as well. And then Deshaun Watson, I'm also a spot higher on. Uh, you know, last week we kind of talked about it. He probably was going to end up being a little rusty and really didn't have to do much against Houston. I mean, there was just touchdowns galore for the defense special teams uh, in that one. But against Cincinnati, you, you would think he's going to have to put up some more points. And Cleveland, mm-hmm. even though they, they have had Cincinnati's number, uh, I think he's going to have to have a more active day, uh, you know, in, in participating within the offense. So, uh, spot higher in him but there's no real massive ones that i'm super higher on super high on compared to uh consensus although i do like uh, uh i do like huntley this week if he if he goes i think he's uh he's an interesting guy because they seem to run the same lamar mm-hmm. offense for him and and you know those rushing numbers are obviously crucial where do you have him ranked right now uh about qb 18 so it's kind of yep. on consensus but you know just kind of me- want to mention him just because i know he's not like the first guy people are rushing out to to start necessarily um but uh, he could be uh he could definitely be in the streaming conversation yeah absolutely and he he has a much higher ceiling than most qbs in that range um if yeah. you remember last year he was the qb1 overall i think it was like week 15 against the uh, packers so yeah they just he's almost a one-for-one replacement for lamar so they use the same playbook has a ton of rushing upside so i agree i, I do like him in that mid-range qb2 it's a heavy bye week too there's six teams on bye um, so it doesn't take much to get in the two, two QB uh, discussion, but uh, he's certainly there. Oh, actually, I got one guy that I am. So I'm looking at consensus now. There is one. My probably highest one right now is actually Mac Jones. Uh, I have Mac Jones at QB 15. He's QB 20 oh. in consensus. And I think, you know, this is angry Mac, man. Like, he yeah, a, <laughs> he's, he's t- calling out the offense. So this could go either really good or really bad. But, I, you know, he has shown improvement. Uh, over these last few weeks. And uh, I, I do think that there are going to be some changes, you know, especially not, you know, going against Buffalo, 
that, that was a hard matchup. They had a lot of guys returning, which ended up kind of tilting it. But this Arizona defense, uh, just not quite there. So I think Mac, you know, he's been playing better. His numbers have been better. And, you know, whether they do more dink and dunk or not, I, I do think he is just going to be less resistance with this Cardinal defense. So uh, Mac Jones is in my mm-hmm. top 15 for now. All right, who are you low on? Uh, so I'm low on Ryan Tannehill. Again, there's not too many big differences, but he's the one I noticed. Um, I have him QB 22, ECR is QB 18. Again, there's only 26 starting quarterbacks this week, so he is a low, low end QB 2 for me. And I'm guessing he's going to be without Traylon Burks uh, this week due to the concussion protocol. Um, you know, if that ends up being the case, that's a pretty big blow for Tannehill. Um, the Titans wide receiver depth is already thin as it is. So missing a player like Burks, uh, has a pretty big impact. And just in the two game sample size without Burks, Tannehill's average 155 passing yards only through for one touchdown, those two games. So this is just likely going to be a very run heavy Derrick Henry type of game this week against the Jaguars. So um, even in two QB super flex leagues, you know, Tannehill is more of a low end, low, low end QB two for me. Um, again, despite having six teams on a bye this week. Yeah. He's, you know, that, that touchdown catch by Burks was legendary. Oh yeah. Fortunately he got hurt, but even like he squeezed yeah. the ball and like held on to it. And then apparently got like, he was unconscious. I don't know if it was like, I don't know how that worked, but it was pretty crazy to watch. Hopefully he's, he's okay. Uh, I am back low on Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, it's kind of going up and down here, but he's my QB 16. He's QB 12 in ECR. And, uh, you know, this Titans defense, I think they're one of these defenses that, and I talk about this every week with Trevor Lawrence is, you know, it, it seems like it's this man coverage that really gives him a lot mm. of problems. And, you know, I thought for, with Detroit, because their defense just hadn't been great and it looked like a shootout that it would be fine, but he really didn't play as well as you would expect, even, you know, with the injury notwithstanding. So now he is a little banged up. Looks like he's going to play, but um, yeah, I think this could be a lower scoring game, first of all. And you kind of contrast it with last week where they were playing in a game with a total of about, you know, over 50 and this one's going to be, you know, in the low forties. So a completely different type of uh completely different type of game. So not a guy that I would be rushing to, to start this week. Yeah. And you said you had him QB 16. Yeah, QB 16. Yeah, I'm, I'm QB 14, but he'll probably be lower. Just, you know, it's a left foot injury. So, um, you know, last week he rushed for 32 yards. So if he's mm-hmm. if his mobility is limited anyway, uh, that's just a huge blow to his fantasy value because, again, he just hasn't been consistent enough week to week to, to really be treated as a low-end QB uh, one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Again, uh, every time it seems like I'm ready to buy in on Trevor Lawrence, uh, he disappoints me. So especially with him banged up this week, uh, he's he's more of a QB2 play this week. All right, uh, let's go QB prop here. And I got to go Deshaun Watson. You know, the, this the disgusting game in, in in week one. But, I mean, in his first game, but he got it done uh, on the scoreboard, obviously. So this week, uh, having, a, having a hard time setting his passing yardage prop, uh, I'm going to go with two – 42 and a half. Oh, yeah. I have it at uh, 242. Um, but I was thinking you'd set it like, you know, 238 and a half. I'm going to have to go with under. Okay. Um, you know, it, we knew that he would be rusty, uh, but he was really rusty. So he might need a couple more games than I thought to really get in rhythm. Um, so I think this week, you know, they'll just lean on the run game. And yeah, I, that's. That's a great line, but I'm going to have to go with under here. Yeah, it's really tough for me because on one, you know, obviously he was inefficient 
and it, you know, just didn't look great. But on the other hand, like I mentioned, I think what did they lose three drives to scoring touchdowns? Like their defense special teams yeah. three touchdowns. Oh yeah, no, so I, yeah. I have he's the gonna Texans have so many more eight. drives, and they could be with him trailing versus him <laughs> winning. So it's just a really tough line to set because we don't have enough, a lot of data on it. But yeah, I'm think I'm thinking he ends up having to throw a a, a significantly uh, like a lot more than he did. Um, yeah, and he might be getting uh, Dave and Joku back this week, right? So that I mean, just having an extra piece like that could help. Um, but yeah, he didn't have to do much. Again, I had the Texans plus eight, so it was just brutal to see Deshaun look that rusty and they still, you know, steamroll him. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I take your point. You know, it, it should be a trailing game script. He should have to throw more, but again, man, he looks so bad. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna have to make a significant improvement this week for sure. All right. Let's jump into running back. We got top five. Uh, so as always, Josh Jacobs, number one. Uh, then I got Derek Henry, Dalvin cook, Ramondre Stevenson, number four, even though I do have Damian Harris returning this week, he's just that good right now. Um, and then Austin Eckler, number five. Okay. I, so I have, I have Eckler number one, uh, Jacobs <laughs> two, um, Derek Henry three, McCaffrey four, and Nick Chubb fifth. Uh, nice. Uh, it's pretty close, but that is interesting to to see you having uh, Eckler number one. Um, how many rush attempts do you have him going for? Probably about 13, 14. Let's That's see. probably where we're slightly different. Yeah, about 14. Okay. Yeah, I'm like 12. So that, that makes sense. That's I mean, about... his median is 13 and a half. His average is significantly lower. So he's had a couple of games. I think it was like that week. Was it week one? I don't know. There's a couple of games where he just had like yeah. no rushing attempts. But uh, yeah, I think I think he's uh, he's going to get a lot of work in the past game, you know, as usual. But uh, we'll see. Um, all right. Who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on DeAndre Swift. He's my RB12 to begin the week, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but we were kind of talking about him a little bit before – uh, convince me, you know, just do Staley was talking him up. Um, and Swift, he looked really good on Thanksgiving. Um, he almost scored that touchdown, but it was a really hard run. And I saw do Staley was the first guy to come up and congratulate him. Um, so I actually ended up betting the over on his 20 and a half rushing air prop, um, you know, this week. And, you know, he just went off 14 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown, four catches, 49 yards in the passing game. He just looks like he's 100% now. Um, and this offense can support two running backs, and this is going to be a very high-scoring game. So DeAndre Swift, no matter which kind of game script this goes, I do think the Lions win here. It doesn't matter. You know, he's going to thrive in either game script. Um, and obviously, Jamal's going to be the early, you know, down goal line back, but Swift can carve out enough uh, fantasy value in this offense. So he's a high-end RB2 this week. Again, there's six teams on bye, so that has a lot to do with it. But I like what I saw from Swift this week. And, you know, he was drafted as an RB1 to begin the season. So I think people will get that, you know, that type of value going forward. So I love him this week. And the other guy that surprised me was um, I have James Conner, RB9, to begin the week. I think his ECR is like something crazy, like RB22. Um, but, you know, he's coming off a bye week where, you know, he saw massive usage heading into the bye week. He's going to be 100% fresh, ready to go. Um, and, you know, the game right before the bye week, he had an 85% routes run rate. So, you know, this game against the Patriots, again, Connor's game script proof. He, he could thrive in a run-heavy game script, a game script where they have to come behind. Um, plus, you know, with Marquise Brown back, this offense could provide him with more goal line chances too. So um, I think he's closer to what we saw last year when, um, you know, uh, Chase Edmonds went down. You know, he was a stud, high-end RB1. That's kind of what we're getting from Connor right now. So uh, I, I think he's a low-end RB1 here uh, against the Patriots. 
Yeah, he's getting back to that usage. I mean, that's probably some of the reason they released Benjamin because Benjamin seemed to be mm-hmm. mad that he wasn't getting wasn't <laughs> included in a game plan because Connor is just starting to get all the snaps again uh, now that he's healthy. So, yeah, I have him as a low in RB1 as well. Uh, I am high on James Cook. Uh, I think you ca- talked about him last week, and that was a great call. Um, but he's he looks like he's started to take over the backfield for Devin Singletary. Last week he had – uh, more of the design runs, a higher percentage, 48 to 45%. And he started to finally get uh, a decent amount of routes out of the backfield as well. Ended up running a route on 41% of Josh Allen's dropbacks compared to 35% for Singletary. And Hines also mixed in for 27%. Mm-hmm. So they kind of split that three ways. But uh, Cook has essentially became the lead back in that game. And uh, now, you know, you have a uh, a nice break, like a, a – what is it 13 10 day 10 day rest period so i think he's going to continue to to uh to see a, a bigger workload here so i have him rb 20 and he's uh rb oh, nice. 30 in consensus so yeah he had 14 carries and six targets uh in that game against new england all right uh who are you low on yeah so I'm, I'm kind of piggybacking your james cook take here is uh you know devin singletary uh i'm low on um he's right around rb 28 for me to start the week but Again, you know, James Cook has been outplaying Singletary all season, but, you know, last week is the first time Cook had more rush temps and saw a higher routes run rate than Singletary. Singletary only ran a route on 35% of Allen's dropbacks, which was by far the lowest rate of the season. And just to make matters worse, uh, I think you alluded to it, just Naheem Hines also saw an increase in usage. So um, there's usually not enough touches to go around for the Bills to support a two- to three-way running back committee. So, um, it's just really hard to trust Singletary. I, I do think that we can trust James Cook right now. You know, the needle's pointing up on him. You know, he was a a very good prospect coming into this season. So I, I think he's only going to go up in usage, and that's going to come at the expense of Singletary. So even though there's a ton of teams on by this week, we can't trust Singletary here. Um, and the other back I'm low on is Jeff Wilson. Um, you know, he's my RB 24 this week. Uh, Raheem Oser, you know, he dominated playing time and touches against the 49ers. Wilson only had one carry for three yards on the ground. Um, and he struggled the previous week against the Texans. So this is now back to back duds for Wilson. Um, he also dropped a pass, um, last week. So, you know, his routes run rate fell to the lowest rate they've been since joining Miami at 38%. Uh, I'm wondering if that drop pass had something to do with that. But despite having a great matchup this week against the Chargers, um, it's it's just hard to trust Wilson. Um, so he's a low-end RB2. Um, same thing with Moser. I, I, this could go either way uh, this week. You know, they could flip roles. So it's just a dicey situation. But there's so many teams on a bye. They're still low-end RB2s here. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the matchup is great. So, yeah. I mean, they, I guess they could conceivably both go up. But the fact that, yeah, in consensus – you have Wilson, you know, ranked as the RB19, Mostert as the RB28. You know, I think both of them should be ranked well, closer to where Mostert is just because of the uh, uncertainty. Uh, I am low on Wilson as well. And, and another one is uh, Gus Edwards, you know, another guy that's mm-hmm. just been kind of hard to peg. You know, thought he would, you know, he had been kind of leading that backfield. And then last week they worked all three guys in and Edwards only got six carries and played only 24% of the snaps. So, uh, you know, he's the ECR running back 29, but uh, I think he should mm-hmm. be in the, in the mid to low thirties. Um, you, you just, cause he's not really doing anything in the past game. And 
you know, that's kind of how you can bail yourself out sometimes as a running back when the game script goes against you. But mm-hmm. with Edwards, it's, you know, if he doesn't get those 15 carries uh, or, you know, a goal line touchdown or something, it's not really going to be worth it with him. So yeah, have him uh, in at RB uh, 36. And I think Dobbins will return this week or it looks more likely. Yeah. Um, right. So that's just going to make it even tougher to trust uh, Gus. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, somebody might have to be a scratch too. Like it could be Drake, I guess. I mean, it's it's. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, they're underdogs this week, which is surprising. But um, yeah, it might be Drake or Justice Hill. Even I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he'll play special teams, I believe. So yeah. probably would be one of the other three, which is yeah, it's it's interesting. All right, uh, where are you going for the running back prop? <laughs> All right, I got a fun one for us. So, um. Most rushing yards between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott against the Texans. <laughs> um, this is a tricky one to project. So um, I have Pollard minus five and a half. Uh, who are you going with with that uh, spread? With that spread? Uh, ooh, let's see. Yeah, Zeke kind of had more carries last week. And where do you have both these guys projected? I have both of them like ran the – RB1 cusp. Yeah, they're both top <laughs> 20. Um hmm. I'll I'll still go Pollard. I I just think he's yeah. uh, I think he's more likely to bl- break a long run, especially against a defense like the Texans who give up uh you know a ton of uh a ton of explosive plays. Like Zeke probably will get more carries. There. I, I mean mm-hmm. he did last week, so you'd think he would again, but the Texans are dead last in uh explosive <laughs> rush rate allowed. <laughs> 17 and a half percent for runs of 16 yards or more. Um, oh, excuse me. I mean, at 11.3%, uh, excuse me. But uh, yeah, they're, they're bad at giving up explosive plays. So uh, yeah, I'll go Pollard minus five and a half. And so you took a, uh, you you beat me last week 2-0? Yep. Uh, Dulcich, your boy Dulcich went off. He took his under. Oh, I know. The, the yeah. first week I fade Dulcich. That's what <laughs> happens. His best game. Um. Yeah, but uh yeah, you're I think three I'm three behind me. Three or four? Or three and a half. Yeah, I think you had one left. Oh, um, so that's yeah, right. At some point, maybe like week 17, I'll give you, or week 18, I'll give you three instead of two. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I need to catch up some ground. That's for sure. All right. Wide receiver, top five. Uh, so you got Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Stephon Diggs. Yep. I got uh, Jefferson Adams, Hill, Diggs, and uh, Chase. So similar. Uh, yeah. Same. I guess same guys, diff- a little bit different uh order waiting to see what's going on with Tua on uh, that mm-hmm. ankle injury and Waddle as well. But uh who are you high on? Uh so once again I am high on Michael Gallup. Um <laughs> he opens the week as my wide receiver 27. Um obviously got bailed out a bit by the two touchdowns last week. Um you know he only caught four balls for 23 yards. But you know this is a matchup against the Texans where you know the touchdown odds for everyone, Gallup included, um go up. So you know bank on another touchdown again here but that you know again this is the second straight game where he had a uh, 25 percent or better target per route run uh rate so you know he's 100 percent right now uh and noah brown once again he uh only saw two targets despite running around on 90 percent of Dak's dropbacks. so just having him out there running wind sprints you know helps elevate uh both gallup and lamb and even schultz um so yeah, once again, I have Michael Gallup as, you know, a high-end wide receiver three here with increased touchdown odds against the Texans. And the other guy I like, uh, it's a little bit lower on the radar, 
is LaVisca Chenault. I have him as my wide receiver 43, and the consensus is wide receiver 98. So that's a huge <laughs> gap of about 55 uh, compared to ECR. Um, but, you know, heading into the bye week uh, in week 12, Shai Smith was benched. Um, so Chenault actually saw a season-high 75% routes run rate. Um, he had a quiet two-catch for 19-yard afternoon but you know that kind of usage he could easily post you know four to five even six receptions um you know on the season he's been targeted on 36 percent of his routes run uh this season obviously that is an unsustainable Devonte adams type of rate there but um you know in deeper ppr formats um you know with six teams on a bye this week you could certainly do worse than chenault so um i think you know, it's it's safe to say he's, you know, a top three option in that offense now. So against the Seahawks, like him as, you know, a wide receiver four option, again, in PPR formats. Yeah, I have him inside the top 50 as well. Um, noticed that he kind of took over that entire role for, for Shai Smith. So that probably continues um, coming out of the box. Yep. Uh, I am high on Garrett Wilson again. Uh, he... He's my wide receiver 14. He's ECR wide receiver 19. And, you know, I just think this guy, he's he's in one of those rookie breakouts, kind of like what we saw from Amara St. Brown. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has, uh, you know, a decent quarterback now that will get on the ball, um, I think is massive because, you know, Garrett, with uh, Zach Wilson, I think he had one big game, uh, but it didn't even include touchdowns or anything like that. But this one, he's just seeing a ton of, uh, ton of targets, ton of catches. Uh, put up another massive game last week, uh, you know, over 150 receiving yards. So uh, I'm not really concerned about the matchup. They move him around um, and he's just getting open. So, uh, and his, his route participation, you know, it stays around 90%, you know, out of the bye, hundred percent, 90%, 90% the last three games. So uh, he's running routes, he's doing everything we need him to do. And I think he's still kind of improving. So yeah, love Garrett Wilson uh, this week. Didn't he also just miss like an 80 yard touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. It could have been even more. <laughs> he could have had just like a 250 yard. Yeah. So uh, we, we have yet to even see his true ceiling, but yeah, that's a good call. It does kind of remind me of Amon Ra's breakout at the end of last season. Uh, all right. Who are you low on? Um, so I am a low on Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I have him as my wide receiver 36 to open the week. His ECR is wide receiver uh, 22, but I think um, he probably gets the biggest downgrade with Jimmy G out and Brock Purdy under center. Uh, Brock Purdy had the lowest depth of target um, or lowest intended air yards, I should say, of all quarterbacks last week. Um, So that could mean, you know, guys like Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel um, end up being his top two targets. And maybe they see an increase um, with Purdy under center, but um, with, you know, I being the main downfield threat, um, he just seems like a, a low end, sort of a risky wide receiver three this week until we can see him, you know, have some chemistry with Purdy. So plus, you know, the, the 49ers are, I, I think they're four point home favorites now against Buccaneers, probably going to be a run heavy game script. Uh, I, I can't imagine they want Purdy throwing the ball around um, unless they get behind. So Ayuk is a guy that uh, I'm, I'm just having a huge downgrade uh, with the Jimmy G news. Um, and the other guy I'm low on is George Pickens at wide receiver 39 uh his ecr is wide receiver 29 it, it seems like every week i have to uh, respond to people on twitter why i have picking so low um and let me tell you it has nothing to do with his talent um it's just that he's a wide receiver three with a wide range of outcomes um you know he's more of a downfield threat 
uh, the, the Steelers don't really throw many touchdowns. Um, and lately they have been a extremely run heavy team um, over this four game win streak. You know, they're averaging 35 rush attempts per game. Um, so we finally saw a true floor game from Pickens last week, only caught one pass for two yards. So, you know, they're favorites again this week against the Ravens. Um, they might not have to throw as much and, you know, it's a tougher matchup for Pickens. So he's a wide receiver three with a, you know, a wide range of outcomes. And fortunately he does have a pretty low floor. So that's why I'm a little bit lower than ECR again this week, even though I do like the talent. Yeah, no, it kind of reminds me of Olave, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's just like not many touchdowns to go around and it's not like he's getting like eight nine catches every game or something like that like he's kind of struggling i mean he is the squeaky wheel this week so that is interesting (laughs) Um, because i know deontay johnson when he was a squeaky wheel he started getting some more targets so we'll see uh, what happens with that but yeah based on his production yeah he doesn't deserve to be a top 30 wide receiver uh, I am low on darius slayton this week Uh, he's the ecr wide receiver 33 he's my wide receiver 38 and that's basically because he has to deal with you know Darius Slay, James Bradbury that's a tough uh you know tough out tough boundary corners to deal with it's a division game could be lower scoring and uh you know it's just the kind of game where I think the Giants are gonna have to rely more on their inside guys Slayton's been getting some big plays kind of downfield on a lot of in a lot of these games but I just think that's gonna be hard to come by in a matchup like this so um you know I know he's been kind of playing that role of the number one receiver as he's needed to be but this is this just seems like a matchup where they can kind of take him out and force the Giants to beat him with other guys yeah I'm I'm with ECR there at uh wide receiver 30 but I haven't really factored in the matchup um so yeah he'll he'll probably square off against Slane Bradbury 10 but just his underlying usage and metrics lately have been solid so that's why I'm a little bit higher than you but uh, I'll probably end up meeting uh you in the middle by the end of the week all right let's uh for for our prop, let's go with Juju Smith-Schuster mm. uh, because he did see a bump up back in routes, but he still kind of had like had a bad game. Like he wasn't really doing much in the game, so uh, having a hard time kind of setting his uh, his yardage. So let's go with fifty-two and a half for Juju. <laughs> yeah, that's right about where I had it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go slightly under. Um, I, I probably have his median closer to 47 and a half and this should be a, a game where they're, they're able to, you know, lean on the run, maybe not to throw as much against the Broncos just because, you know, the Denver offense probably won't uh, push the chiefs offense. So yeah, I, I do think that's a good line, but I'm slightly lower. Yeah. He's been, he's been pretty inconsistent this year. It's been tough to project. Uh, all right. Tight end. Who are your top five? Uh, so let's see. Uh, I have Travis Kelsey. TJ Hawkinson, number two, over Mark Andrews. That was crazy. Uh, Mark Andrews, number three, uh, Pat Frymuth, and Dalton Schultz. Yep, I still have, I, mean, I still have Andrews, too, but, yeah, Kelsey, oh. Andrews, Hawkinson, <laughs> Frymuth, Schultz. So, same same top five. Yeah, I guess, like, you know, last year, um, I feel like Andrews' uh, numbers went up with Huntley yeah, under did. center. So, maybe, maybe I'll factor that in uh, by the end of the week. But just Hawkinson is just popping in my model this week. Plus, it's a revenge game against the Lions, so had to give him that little boost, too. <laughs> uh, who are you high on? Uh, so I'm back on the Greg Dulcich train. He is my tight end seven to begin the week. Um, I had maybe jumped the gun a little bit too quick to write him off. Uh, again, I, I think, you know, with Russell Wilson struggling, that certainly hurts his upside, but Dulcich ended up having his best game of the season. He caught six passes for 85 yards. 
Um, and just with Cortland Sutton banged up, you know, Dulcich could be Wilson's number one target this week. Um, and, you know, Nathaniel Hackett even said that Dulcich is basically a wide receiver in their offense. So this should be a pass heavy game script against the Chiefs if they want to keep up with them. So um, uh, assuming Sutton will play this week and be a little banged up. So I, I love Dulcich this week. Uh, and just the tight end position has been just an absolute disaster lately. Um, so it, it's kind of rough once you get outside the top five or so. Um, but yeah, Dulcich is back in my top 10 at tight end seven this week. Yeah, uh, he's my tight end seven as well. So I like it. Uh, I'm going with Daniel Bellinger. Uh, he came nice. back to run a route on 83% of the, the dropbacks for Daniel Jones. So I think he's a guy that could step up this week against Philly, you know, just doing more work on the interior against those zones. So the fact that he came back off a, a serious injury uh, and ran around on 83% of the dropbacks and the game before he got hurt, he had run around on 81% of the dropbacks, which was mm-hmm. a season high at that point. So th- this seems like his new role where he's just going to be in every down uh, player for the Giants and we know that they're they're kind of hurting for for options out here so he caught you know five passes last week didn't do much in the yardage department but um, you know he if he gets a, a touchdown or or you know pops one big play he should be pretty pretty useful so uh, I have him round tight end 15 this week yeah no I, I like that call and um, this kind of goes with you know Slayton having a really tough matchup Isaiah you know, Hodgins having a tough matchup. So it could funnel targets to Bellinger and they didn't really use as many three wide sets as I thought uh, last week, Richie James only ran route 55% of the time. So we could see Bellinger pop off for like four to five receptions here, just based on the matchup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be in there regardless. And then it's just like, you know, the other two tight ends, uh, mm-hmm. Vanette was, you know, he came, got signed off the street and I think he operated <laughs> as a, the number two tight end, but if anything, I think his, his routes would go yeah. down if they, if James is um, go back up. All right, who are you low on? Uh, so I'm low on Foster Moreau this week. Uh, just totally bombed uh, last week. He only he caught one pass, but it went for 32 yards. That seems yeah. to be the theme with him. Um, but his routes run rate dipped to 70%, which is still very good, especially with the guy that we're considering, you know, streaming tight end. He missed a couple of plays. He got hurt. He got hurt. Oh, he got hurt. Yeah. But, I mean, he wasn't doing much when he was in there either. Um, but this week, you know, the Raiders could have a pretty run heavy game plan. They're, they're what, five, six point favorites against the Rams. So that's, you know, going to lower Moreau's floor a bit. Um, so I have him as my tight end 14. Uh, and, you know, Darren Waller could return next week. So, you know, if you've been using Moreau, uh, you know, this would be the week probably to cut him if there's a better option out there, because this is probably the last chance he has um, at producing. So, yeah, unfortunately, you know, his underlying metrics were good, but just after last week, uh, he's outside my top 12. Yeah, he's been tough to peg. I mean, yeah, he ha- he does have that big play upside, but the, the Raiders, their passing game is so concentrated, too. It's just yep. like Devontae Jacobs. Uh, I am low on Tyler Conklin this week. He's an ECR tight end 12. Uh, you know, and I did like him last week. He did get seven targets, but didn't do pretty much anything with him. <laughs> but this week... You know, against Buffalo, that's just not a team that I want to be streaming tight ends against. Buffalo is number two in DVOA uh, against the tight end position. And they've it's always been the case for them with Sean McDermott. Uh, they've always been really good against tight ends. And, you know, they still have, even though Micah Hyde is out, they still have Poyer. So still a, a tough matchup. And, and, you know, Milano is another guy that can cover tight ends. So uh, they have quite a few guys at, at the different levels that can make life tough on tight ends. So even though Conklin popped for the targets, 
last week. Uh, I don't think this is a good matchup for him. I'd much rather play, you know, a guy on the outside like uh, like Garrett Wilson. Yeah, where'd you have him again? I have him tied in 15. Uh, like Even 17. lower? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's outside. Yeah, he's tied in 17 for me. Makes sense. Uh, he's tied in 12 in consensus. Yeah, tied in 12 in consensus. That's way too high. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, I don't think he's on the streaming radar this week. All right, uh, where are you going for the prop? Let's go with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, revenge game against the Lions. Had a bit of a down game last week. Only caught four balls for three, 33 yards, but just really good underlying usage. Um, so I have his prop at 50 and a half. You're going over or under that. Ooh, I have it right at 50. Uh, I guess. Oh, he did run around on 92 percent. Yeah, I'm gonna go, go over. I'm gonna go. Damn, over. <laughs> I have to rump his routes run up one or two because, uh, yeah, he's he ran around a 92 percent last week. So yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll go a little bit over uh, with Hawkinson. Um, it's I, in I, Detroit I, too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's indoors. You know, I, I do think uh, I do think they kind of maybe give him an extra target or two just to yes. let him show out. <laughs> and, they, and they and they throw a lot anyway, so it's not like they can't. You know, because Minnesota's that type of team. I mean, they. They get up there in the pass attempts most weeks. So, yeah. This might be the rare time they have a trailing game script, too. Yeah. I think uh, Stucky and I are already prepared to lose on uh, the Lions this week. Uh, I was actually surprised to see it all the way up to minus two and a half. Uh, but still like them. Uh, I would say up until three, uh, I still like the Lions here. Yeah. I, it, it's such a weird line. Yeah. I <laughs> stay away. Because I, I like to fade the teams, the unlucky, like, you know, the unlucky teams and they're actually getting points. And it's like the opposite now. It's like the Lions. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it kind of happened last week too with the Jaguars. Well, I guess both them and the Jaguars have been unlucky. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it, it's, I mean, it's a sharp line. It definitely is a sharp line. Yeah. All right. That is going to do it for our week 14 NFL player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, check out our full fantasy preview episode out right now over on the fantasy flex podcast channel and if you're betting be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode here every thursday with stucky uh, actionnetwork.com for all of our nfl fantasy and betting content fantasylabs.com for our dfs tools and models to find sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker and me at chris raybon and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app until next time get this money